Welcome to the Den of Lights. Hey, mate. This one's a little light. Sorry about that. Uh, this one's gonna be much more freeform flowing. I really have no specific things that come to mind. I just know I need to make an episode and have an idea to talk about. And it's gonna be sort of a mind dump, sort of a roadmap, but of where I am going in life. <clears throat> I'm kind of framing the decisions that I've made up to this point and then talking about what happens next. This will be similar to the final chapter of my book, Rare Candy. So I'm going to talk a little bit in relation to <clears throat> what I brought up there. And then also discuss in a similar way how I did my crypto strategy for 2022, but my strategy for life. So allow me to get this drink here. Because I got something, I don't know. My little brother gave it to me. I was in his room and he was coughing. And then I went out drinking that night. Next day, felt fine, mostly. <laughs> Besides having drank maybe a little bit too much and not drinking of water. And then after that, the next day, I didn't feel so good. And now I'm just kind of stuffy. But I know I was dehydrated. Anyway, let's... Let's, let's move on. Enough about me. Let's talk about me. <laughs> so, what is going on? Well, there's a lot going on in the world. And as I talk to people when I'm doing Uber, I get a sense, although brief, and of course it's a limited range, I get a sense of where other people are. And then looking on social media, I can kind of see what other people are focusing their attention on and what seems to be important to them. And in all, I kind of have this idea of where I stand and where generally most other people stand. And so today I want to talk about the choices I'm making and why I'm making them because, <clears throat> excuse me, I am making choices that are in many ways different from the choices of most people. And the biggest one, which I've talked about at length, is crypto. I'll say in some nation why I own crypto. My belief, the thesis behind all of this, is that I think the US dollar is near its end. I think the US dollar is approaching the end of its lifespan. And I can say that with confidence because no fiat currency has ever not gone to zero. And a fiat currency is a currency that is mandated to have value. So it is fiat. It is declared by the ruling body saying, this is worth something and you must use it. If you don't use that piece of paper or a unit in your bank account at this point, you know, if you're paying online for things, if you don't use that money to pay your taxes, you will be put in jail. So they declare, hey, you owe us money 
And by the way, you have to use this money. This is the only thing we recognize. Interestingly, Jerome Powell came out and said, it's possible to have two reserve currencies. What does that mean? I don't know. Uh, obviously, he's pointing at the possibility of something else taking the throne or sitting in a supportive position, much like a king and queen oligarchy. In any event, my view has been that the US dollar will die. I think it happens soon, largely because the value has already gone down so much due to inflation, but also the amount of time it's been alive already. The typical lifespan of a fiat currency, I believe, is close to 70 years. This one was created in August of 1971. So we have about 50 years. Maybe it's less than 70. I remember looking at the number and thinking, oh, we are close. What does this mean? So we're nearing the end of the average time span that a fiat currency exists. And we know that fiat currencies do cease to exist. We know that this one has no underlying value. People say, oh, it's the faith and credit of the U.S. government. But that's also just an idea. And people are beginning to have a bad taste in their mouth when they think of the U.S. government. People are now seeing the effects of inflation. I can assure you that this is nothing compared to what we are due for. Over 80% of the U.S. dollars that exist have been printed within the past two and a half years. Over 80% of all the U.S. dollars that exist have been printed in the past two and a half years. What happens when you inflate the supply of something? Well, assuming the demand stays the same, or even if it goes up a little bit, the supply and demand ratio is going to be crazy skewed in the wrong direction and because of this ginormous supply the value therein for each dollar which was pre-existing must go down so every dollar that exists loses value every time another dollar is printed because the supply gets bigger and bigger there are historical examples you can look up, like Weimar Germany, Zimbabwe. Mm, there's some others that aren't coming to mind by name right now, where the government has done such a thing. They have hyperinflated the currency. And it gets to the point where it has no value. And then something called Gresham's Law comes into play. Because the money has no value, Another money system has to take its place. If you create a void in a vacuum, it will get filled. So in the same way, when the US dollar does die, something must take its place. People will be clawing for that something else. Gresham's law is this. People spend the bad money and keep the good money. When I started investing in Bitcoin, I recognized USD bad, Bitcoin good. And I'm not going to talk about why Bitcoin good, 
because I have in other podcast episodes. I just want to point out to you that you will witness quite soon Gresham's Law come into play. And because of hyperinflation and because it is a bad money, there's no backing behind it and all these other factors, you will see people flush out all of their U.S. dollars for another money that does have more value. Now, it could be another fiat currency. It could be a fiat cryptocurrency. Although cryptos have a little bit more value inherently due to the nature, there are also many drawbacks that can be imposed by a government issuance and ownership, this centralized uh, creation and managing A truly decentralized crypto like Bitcoin is a completely different game than the Chinese crypto, which exists. Now, I think the brand of the US dollar will continue to exist. I think people are so emotionally attached to the idea of the US dollar that they will not easily give it up. And the U.S. government, I'm sure, is aware of this. And so, likely, they will either create a gold-backed money or a crypto. And it will probably have an extremely similar brand. If it doesn't look and feel the same, just with a nice new shiny pit of technology, it will rhyme at the very least. So it won't be the U.S. dollar. It'll be the U.S., you know, X, Y, (laughs) Z. So my reasoning for getting into investing and why I'm continuing to do it is that reason. There is this big distrust for government money. I foresee that the U.S. dollar ends at some point. So I started looking for other forms of money. And I came across Bitcoin and I really liked it. I also dropped out of college, broke up with my girlfriend, um, you know, started driving for Uber and looking into my own sorts of interests because I saw this timeline. <coughs> I recognized that the world we were moving towards was nothing at all like the world that led to it. And the example I like to give to people is in a video game, sometimes you get to a point where you have to fight a boss or you're in this situation where you temporarily lose everything. You lose all your armor, you lose all your weapons, you go back to your base weapon, you lose all your special abilities, and you have to fight your way through this situation with just the bare minimum, right? So everything you did, All the time you spent getting all the good gear and getting all the right perks and leveling yourself up is worthless in this moment because you have nothing, right? And yet, to get to that point, you had to do all the other things. You had to create such a character who was strong enough to get to the point where you lose everything and don't have the things that got you to that point. And so 
my parallel in real life was that recognition that it could come into play in this life. And I saw that we would be thrust into this period of time where things would change dramatically. And I knew that it was almost the opposite. Whereas you wouldn't get the goods back after you finished that fight. I saw that if I continued going to college and got a degree and got a traditional job, started putting money into my 401k, social security, you know, looking forward to that, all the classic ABC steps that we're told to take, I would eventually, as well as everybody else, hit this period of time, get to this point where it's all taken away from me. But I saw that it wouldn't come back. I saw that once we come out on the other side, it will be a very different world. And so the only things you can take with you, really, unless you make the really proper choices um, and get the right things like a crypto, is your skills, your intelligence. Now, of course, college, right, a degree, that's the whole point is that you get an education, but it's an education for the old world, not this new world. So when I dropped out, I began to focus on things that I found interesting and I began reading. That was my, my sort of um, replacement, I'll say, for going to college. I recognized that I could teach myself. When I went to class every day, and I looked back on my experience of the past 14 years, I could see clearly every single day of school consisted of me looking in a book. We had to open our books to learn the thing. So this thing which they declare to be so vitally important, which consists of you looking in a book, I could do on my own. I knew books existed right? There's books on things I actually want to read. And so I just dug into those things. I wasn't missing out on college because I was doing my own studies. In my mind, I was actually getting further ahead in my education because I was getting educated on things that I was truly interested in and I felt mattered going forward into this new world. And so it took a little bit of time but I realized that those three main themes are health, wealth, and communication. And that's a huge part of what Rare Candy is all about. Like, that is what Rare Candy is about. But once I realized that the only things you'll be able to take with you is your health, wealth, and ability to communicate, largely, besides certain skills, which comes into um, intelligence, which I consider a part of wealth, <clears throat> then I just, I just like hyper-focused on those three things. And I began studying and um, developing habits and goals around those three themes. And still today, my focus is on health, wealth, and communication because I'm looking forward to when we get to that new world. In the new world, there is automation, there is artificial intelligence, there are new technologies like crypto, all these different things, and that changes the landscape. So let me give you one example that is actually huge. 
When I was on my work away, which I'll get to this at the very uh, end or probably the last episode of my story time for my Florida trip, I ended up staying in Orlando. And who I was staying with, that person had a neighbor. He and his neighbor were friends. So they dismantled their fence between their houses and turned their two backyards into one big backyard. And so people would just party in that giant space. And the neighbor, he was in IT. He was in tech. So he was doing very well. And he also worked remotely. He pretty much sold his own intellectual property. So largely he didn't even have to work. And what he would do as a way of entertaining himself is host people on couch surfing. Now, typically he only accepted women. Big surprise. But he would accept a male if that male had some exceptional attribute about himself. Maybe he was a grandmaster of chess. Or if he was the leading professional in his field, if he had won any sort of really prestigious award, if he was undergoing some sort of thing, you know, like maybe creating a documentary, any guy that he thought was interesting and worthwhile, he would let him stay. So one time, they tell me this story, They have the guy who is among the top three world-leading experts in artificial intelligence. And so they got to talk to him. All night, they talked about AI. And something he brought up that was of huge importance was this. The first industry to be taken over by AI is going to be transportation. The kicker is that the majority of uneducated, um, yeah, excuse me, the majority of males without higher education are involved in transportation. So here is this giant demographic of men who do not have higher education. Their jobs are going to be the first jobs to be taken away. And he said, we are moving towards this period where, you know, in one to three years, maybe at most, the vast majority of those people will lose their jobs. And because they don't have any sort of higher education, what other job are they going to do? Of course, there are other jobs, but we'll hit this roadblock where suddenly a giant swath of men lose their means of income. The reason I'm telling you this story is because I recognize that that sort of thing is going to happen in mass to many different demographics in different ways. I want to draw back to a very early episode called Women Are Taking Over. In that episode, I talked about how much more women are taking the position of getting an education and moving into the career field and outperforming men than men are even getting into higher education. For whatever it's worth, there is that. I believe we're also moving towards a more feminized world. And what I mean by that largely related to this 
is that as women become more and more employers, they're more likely to hire female candidates. And especially as men continue to digress, women will look at the landscape, be upset, and think, I don't want these guys on my team. I just don't want these guys on my team. Now, I have to decide who I want to hire for this job to work with me. Well, I wouldn't want this guy on my team. I definitely don't want him working in the same office as me, relying on him to take care of business. So I believe women are going to own more businesses, to have leadership positions in other businesses, and therein support other females and other female businesses. And I foresaw back in 2013-14 that we were moving towards a world that would demand males to be in this position where they are sort of walking the tightrope. They are high performers in the masculine world and they are very connected to the feminine world. They're empathetic and understanding to many, if not all, of the points that would be necessary to function at a high level in that feminine world. And so that's where the communication aspect came in. If you think that point is interesting, then I very highly recommend you go back and listen to the Women Are Taking Over episode and also the first big episode on communication I put out, which I believe is episode six. So when I realized that, I started studying feverishly (laughs) communication. So now I'm investing and I'm taking better care of my health because I recognize that that's just an important thing. Like I really do have to prioritize the long term there and make good decisions right now in the short term to benefit myself, short, medium, and long term. I'm investing. (coughs) And I'm looking into monies and ways of earning and certain skills that will benefit me in the new world that we're moving in towards. And then I start getting intense on communication because I recognize this world we're moving into will truly, truly require that you be a high-level communicator if you're going to be a high-level anything. Another reason, of course, is just because it's going to be a more saturated world. Once everybody gets connected and they're online and there's these like instant auto-translators where anybody can speak any language and it's automatically translated to the language you prefer, suddenly the people who have the opportunity to work the job you want to work goes up dramatically. You're competing with so many other people for that position. So being able to communicate is insanely, insanely important. And so there's those three things I'm moving towards focusing on I dropped out of what I considered the old world or the path forward in the old world and I started etching my lane in the new world. And I came up with this concept of playing mid. In mid, in soccer, 
you are switching between offense and defense, but it's totally contextual. Yeah, well, dog's pissed. Sometimes you play defense, sometimes you play offense. It depends on what's needed in that moment. And as I was drawing up that analogy, I really felt like my own life, I was playing mid. I was this person who was in between worlds. I don't even know what the dog is barking at. There's nothing outside. I knew that the old world wasn't going to work, which was playing defensively. By analogy, the old world isn't entirely defensive and the new world isn't entirely like Grussell mindset offensive. But just think of it in that sense. I stopped working towards the old world because I saw that that's not going to work anymore. And also, what does work from the old world wasn't even attractive or worthwhile to me. Like, all of the people who have followed that path that I was looking up to, you know, the older generations, and then my own peers who were walking down that path, I saw nothing that I appreciated. There was safety, there was security, you know, you had your livelihood met, you did your job, right? You were hardworking, maybe that part, but for the most part, there wasn't much there that I was totally attracted to. So I said, there's gotta be another way, right? And that is the path of the new world. Now here's the thing, we are in this interim period. I recognized because of my age that I wasn't going to be born into what comes next. What comes next is this hyper-digitized world where everything is tokenized, the internet of things is fully fleshed out, AI is here, you know, <laughs> um, we've got our exosuits, some people go down the path of Wally and they just fall into... Um, you know, lust, gluttony, greed, and all this stuff, and they just, like, deteriorate the inception sort of thing, where instead of being in their dream, they're just in, like, a virtual reality metaverse, and they're just, their body just goes to waste. And then other people, you know, take the path, and it's like, wow, we're exploring space, or the depths of the ocean, or some other thing. So, I knew I was in between two worlds and I had to play mid but the big point was that the new world doesn't have a clear path yet there are things which will generally work like health wealth and communication those three things are for fucking sure going to serve you going forward and also <clears throat> um you know, creating a business, which is, of course, part of wealth, but it gets into the creative aspect. It gets into opening up another stream of income and having this entity, which you've created, kind of work alongside you. And then also being in a position of power where you're not reliant on somebody else's business. Because this is the world where everybody's got a side hustle. There's multiple streams of income you know, all that good stuff. <clears throat> In any event, I recognize that there is no clear path. I have to prepare for this new world that's headed down the pipe 
very fast, but I don't know how. What was most important was recognizing that I just have to do it. I didn't know what I needed to do, but I knew I needed to do something. So I just started taking action in the direction that I felt made the most sense. And still today, so much of what I'm doing in the creation of videos and trying to get a deeper understanding of how to portray somebody, how to create an image, how to um, highlight things digitally, excuse me, how to create some sort of message digitally and broadcast it online, creating my own course, creating a book, Rare Candy, all these things is me trying to set myself up for this new world that's coming where the old path isn't even available at all. Where the money is different, the leadership is different, the objective is different, you know, the whole game is something new. But the main things that I came back to over and over that I felt made the most sense moving forward was to focus on my health, wealth, and communication. It was like I was drawing up the ultimate safety net because communication was this skill, right? I recognized that if I developed my capacity to communicate intensely, then I would almost certainly always have a job. Being able to communicate is so, so key. That was like plan B. Plan C was health. Although truly it was like plan A, like it is an extremely high priority of mine. <clears throat> but in terms of being able to subsist and create some sort of income to support the lifestyle that I want, I thought of, oh great, okay, you know, getting <clears throat> informed on all these things related to health so that if I need to, I can publish some sort of project related to it, or I could do some sort of coaching, right? Communication was above that, and then above that, my plan A, which seems to be working out, and I hope it continues to do so, is investing. I recognize that, hey, there's this new money that's going to be so, so, so important. Let me get my hands on it now. And in the world we're moving towards, Everything is going to be tokenized. Everything. You will have a social credit score. You will have a digital profile. And it will likely, at some point, be tokenized to the point where people are able to invest in other people. Sort of like a Patreon acts now, but for just the existence of people. Like, imagine if you could invest in Elon Musk right? No brainer. Or back in the day, if you could invest in a Steve Jobs. <clears throat> well, I saw that if I make myself an exceptional person and I develop all of these areas, then I will be a very likely candidate to be a beneficiary of this tokenized world where people have the opportunity to um, benefit themselves by investing in somebody that they I guess, think highly of. There's also other aspects to it that I think are so important, like really connecting with my own masculinity. 
in my own version of what I think masculinity is <clears throat> and being grounded in myself understanding a lot of the natural and ancient traditions and understandings which I still have a lot to do and learn but just being this person who has one foot in the new world that is totally digital and the other foot is grounded in you know the real world like being outside how the world actually looks 50 miles outside of your city where there's no noise and you know what do you have access to like that's real life and yet so is this other world we're moving towards and live, even living in now <clears throat> so at this point today before I end I want to talk about what I'm most interested in today having said up to this point the things that uh, I've been focusing on up till now today here is my daily goals uh, stretch and squat and do calf raises so I wake up I get a little stretch in I do some movement I shake it out a bit I do some bodyweight squats and I do some calf raises that's just for my overall health and I don't even do that much and I've noticed a change in my musculature for sure your calves are like your second heart. Your body uses your calf muscles to pump blood back up out of your legs. So very highly important. Next is make my bed and write my journal for about five minutes. And really I'm just doing three key bullet points. If you look up the five minute journal protocol, you'll find out what that is. I do power posing on my acupressure mat and then roll it out in a lacrosse ball. So I'm exposing myself to specific textures on my feet, the lacrosse ball and the acumat. And I'm also power posing, which raises my testosterone and lowers my cortisol. It's best to do this after waking up and just before bed, because when you wake up, that's when your cortisol is at the highest levels. And that's a stress hormone, it's catabolic, it's breaking you down. You want to be in an anabolic state, so upon waking, it's great to lower your um, cortisol quickly and in a natural, easy way. Among other things, you know, power posing is great. <clears throat> Do my language practice. I'm focused on learning Chinese and Russian. Even though I stated that we will have auto-translators, I can easily foresee where I could be in a position where one or both of us doesn't have access to the technology, right? Like maybe just one person doesn't have it and they need it. Um, and there are workarounds in that situation. But um, say we lost access to the internet or something, if we were out in the woods or, you know, this is kind of like a far off <laughs> hypothetical. But in any event, I didn't want to be reliant on technology as a crutch for these two languages, which I think are key. If you look at the situation in the world right now, it's very apparent that China and Russia are two big players whose moves are paid much attention to. And, uh, you know, they have a lot of authority. In any event, learning those languages, but also just learning a language to flex my brain. Thinking in unique ways 
I like words, I like language, it's part of communication. I found that knowing other languages kind of makes me speak my own language better, even. After that is meditation, very important, just developing equanimity throughout my day, throughout my life, being even and smooth. Um, oral hygiene, I'm trying to oil pull consistently, to floss consistently, to use my tongue scraper consistently, and of course to brush consistently. And also consuming things that are beneficial to my health, you know, not just like dousing it in sugar. Practice in back, which I have to admit has not been the greatest uh, achievement this year so far. I've kind of been lacking on following through with my daily practice of in back. But in back, I found out from this book called Smarter, where the guy was essentially trying to figure out how to become smarter. And at the end of the book, he's like, well, there's not really any way to do it. It seems like learning new skills is really important. Consistently learning new things is important. Learning an instrument and playing, you know, creating music is important. And really highly important is this thing called dual in back. Um, I won't even say what it is. I just suggest you go into the app store and look up dual in back, letter in back. And uh, it's a memory game. It develops your fluid memory better than pretty much anything else. Read, because reading is like my extended education. I read about four books a month, which is a good amount. And doing that every month, every year, for many, many years, I've learned a lot. And I'm becoming somebody who is well-educated in so many different things that I can communicate with so many different people on a deep level and be able to connect to them. So not only am I a good communicator, but I can communicate with you about many different things. And so I'm much more likely to create a solid connection because I can enter your world and speak on, hopefully, things that you are also interested in. Dancing. I want to do a whole podcast on dancing. That's going to be a project. I mean, I have to look up a lot of studies and see the facts for myself and then also kind of get a little bit more esoteric. And without giving anything away, I'll just leave it at that. Hanging therapy, very good for spinal decompression, for um, kind of shoulder protection, <clears throat> grip strength, which is highly, highly important. Program myself with affirmations, which consists of exposing myself to affirmations and trying to do that daily. That's another thing I haven't been so great about. Um, although it's totally accessible, like all I have to do is put my headphones on while I'm making dinner and it's 20 minutes, boom, right there. <clears throat> but ideally you would do that sort of thing. Just, you know, go on YouTube, look up affirmations, find one you like, or look up, um, confidence affirmations or, um, like calm affirmations, whatever success, download it off of YouTube, get it onto your phone and then listen to it when you wake up and before bed, because that's when your subconscious is uh, most likely to receive those sorts of inputs. And just surrounding myself 
with messages that are positive because the world is so filled with ones that are I, I won't even say like inherently bad or negative but they're not constructive which means you're missing out like even if you're not eating mcdonald's if you're not getting the right nutrients then you don't have a good diet you know it doesn't mean you have a bad diet necessarily but you also don't have a good one which is an issue and the last one is to create i'm really really trying to create as much as i can and i'm happy that i've produced this episode <clears throat> because I almost didn't, but I have to create. I have to continue creating. And the other day, I realized that I was satisfied with myself because I had created to such an extent that I felt very confident that probably less than three people have consumed everything I've created. Not many people can say that. And so I felt a sense of pride knowing that there's no way... Very many people in the world, part of it is because not many people know me, <laughs> but of those that do, not many people have read Rare Candy, Pure Gold, um, my Videography 101 guide, which is of course an interest, like it doesn't apply to everybody, but still, it's my content, I created it, so not everybody has consumed those written materials. For sure, if they, even if they have done that, they haven't listened to all of my podcasts. And if they have done that, for sure, they haven't seen all of my videos. So just feeling good about that and wanting to continue in that way of creating more than I consume, but also creating to such an extent that there's no way anybody can keep up with me. Like there's no way you can have everything I'm dishing out. And, um, you know, just like engineering my own culture, my own world, developing a brand, recognizing that the world we're moving towards is going to be tokenized and um, that I'll likely be highly rewarded for all this work I'm doing now. And, well, because I'm alive and I feel like I've got to take a hold of this opportunity, like I can, so I must produce as much as possible, right? Like... I'm alive. I can use my hands. Okay, let's go. Like, let's fucking go. And part of that leads into me wanting to motivate other people to recognize that they can also create an immense amount. I hope you listening to this, uh, seeing my videos I put out, hopefully you have rare candy and you've read it and you're walking a similar path. <clears throat> um... You know, I want you to recognize that you've got creative powers. You've got those juices flowing within you. And you can do it. It's tough. It is a motherfucker sometimes. But you can create things over and over and over and make new things, um, you know, and just express yourself and put out your seed, so to speak, in so many different ways, so many times. I want people to feel like, there is opportunities. My life has, uh, you know, a worthy potential. I have power and capacity to fulfill that potential. My creations are worthwhile. And I can do it. You know, that is such a big part of I can do it. I can do it. I want to do it. I should do it. I will do it. 
I'm doing it. I've done it. I did it. Well, you know, let's go. Um, I really want to continue to help others. A big part of why I want to make a lot of money is so that I can create the culture that I want to see and to help people that I want to help to support those around me that I want to support and just overall enjoy my life. Recently, I, um, I just saw the words live for him and I'm trying to bring it into my life. Sometimes I catch myself not being present and doing it, but <clears throat> I thought, okay, yeah, live for him, right? Christian thing, maybe you've seen and heard it before. I thought parents live vicariously through their children. You know, a lot of times parents will uh, reflect on their early years and think about the things they didn't get to do and say, you know what, I want that for my kid. I don't want my kid to suffer the same way I did. I want them to have the life I didn't. And in doing so, they get to live out that experience through their children. The ups and downs that their child has in their life becomes like a real thing in their own life. They can get a sense of it all. And so I thought, well, yeah, live for him. What would it be like to live for your parents, like imagining living the best life possible to give back to your parents, knowing that they live vicariously, I thought, okay, yeah. <clears throat> so if you lived as if you were just trying to live fully to bring joy and more experience and all these things into the lives of your parents, that would probably be amazing for them, yeah? And so in Live For Him, I thought, okay, what if I just started living my life as if I was trying to live it as best as possible for God? As if God was living vicariously through me. And so I just began smiling and thinking like, really, and really feeling like, oh, this is amazing. You know, this whole experience is wonderful. If, if, if you can get a sense of any of the joy I have, please, because this is truly something. Yeah, I said a lot here and I've kind of rehashed some other things and it turned out better than I thought. I really had no plan other than telling you where I am and why I've, how I've gotten to this point. Sort of my line of thinking, if you've already read Rare Candy, this is largely a rehash or a refresher, I should say. If you haven't and you liked what you heard, please please go buy a copy of Rare Candy. Um, the PDFs are cheap. It's like $8. You've got to understand that it took me like six years to write the book because it's a culmination of so much of what I learned from reading every day. Reading like probably a couple hundred books <clears throat> and distilling what I felt was most important listening to lectures, things I had come to realize on my own through my own experience, and just putting it all together in one place. So, I really, really want everybody to read Rare Candy. I think there's so much information that's so worthwhile, but also it helps me out a lot. It helps out me in my moving forward, in my feeling as if, yes, this is worthwhile, 
yes, people support me. I should continue to do this. It just makes it easier overall in my headspace to continue to move forward when I see that people are, you know, feeling it. They're down for the cause. Regardless, it doesn't matter at all. I'm very happy to have you here. I'm happy you're listening. And um, yeah, I just want you to feel good. <laughs> I want you to feel like there's potential, there's a way out, because I think a lot of people feel a little bit um, uneasy, maybe not entirely pessimistic, but a little worried or cautious about the future. And so I just want people to feel like, look, it's possible. I'm not bound to this like worry or bad feeling uh, that I have because people say that the world's going to be bad. You know, the news says it's going to be bad. People online say it's going to be bad, whatever. Yeah, I could keep going on if I keep going on, so I'm not. I'm going to stop here, say thank you one more time. I will see you next week if I'm a good boy and I put out an episode. <laughs> Anyways, peace.